Hey, babe, it's Paige. I'm so grateful you're here. This podcast audience of awesome women is growing with every episode, and I'm dying to connect with you personally. So if you'd like to chat, text the word pivot to my new number, 213-325-4600. There, you can enter your contact info and you'll immediately find helpful links for some one-on-one support in either getting organized or making your next pivot with confidence. Again, you can text the word pivot, P-I-V-O-T, to 213-325-4600. And that number will also be linked in all the show notes. Then we can start a conversation about how I can support you these days. I can't wait to talk to you soon and join forces because we are better together. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Paige Killian, founder and CEO of Everything With Style. I've built a business helping busy moms of littles get organized in three simple steps. Like many of my clients, I love being a mom and I also desire more. If you've ever felt that stirring in your heart, that whisper or really loud voice that keeps you up at night, then you are in the right place because this is not a solo mission. Whether you're a little curious or totally ready to be a mom, boss, and use your God-given gifts to serve others, step into your calling, turn your passions into purpose, and still make it to the carpool line on time, then girlfriend, it's time to pivot. I've got you, now let's get started. Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. I am so excited because I am joined by one of my first guests on the podcast, her name is Erin Carpenter, and I am obsessed. I low-key sort of did like a social media stalker moment, and thankfully she didn't write me off completely. I just felt like the things that she and her husband, John, were doing were absolutely fantastic, and it made so much sense to get her on for one of these first introduction episodes because she and her husband, John, have definitely found a way to use their God-given gifts to serve others. And I cannot wait for you to meet her. So Erin, thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. We were just doing a little chat before I hit record and we were talking about how I felt like I needed to pivot from my last podcast, which was the Mom's Organization Motivation Podcast into this one because I was meeting so many people who were feeling like while they were loving lots of parts of their lives, they still felt like there was this sort of, maybe this call that God had for them to sort of tap into some of these gifts that they had in a way that they could use them to serve others. And they're just kind of stuck and they didn't totally know what they could do. And so as I was browsing one day on social media, your account came up and I saw how you and John have done these two really cool things. I mean, it looks like you've done a ton of cool things, but there are lots of ways that in early in your relationship, before even you guys got married, I heard you got married 
around the pandemic time, right? Talk about a pivot right in the middle. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Do you want to tell us a little bit of what that was like first and who you are? And then we can get into some of these really cool projects that you two have been working on. Yes. Sounds perfect. So I'm Erin. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a transplant. I moved here from Boone, North Carolina in 2021, which is crazy. It feels like it was yesterday and 10 years ago at the same time. And then do you, did you and John, when you guys were talking about what you were going to do for your wedding, I just happened to see this by the way, online. I told you I'm such a stalker. I totally get a little like it. (laughs) That's what it's there for. So okay, perfect, perfect. Um, but when I was looking through to kind of get to know you guys better, I I was like, oh man, they we were one of the families that bought a house during the crazy lockdown 2020 insanity. But you guys actually got married. Tell me about that pivot because I'm sure that's probably not originally what you guys had thought about when you were thinking about getting married. No, it's crazy. And it's funny because I I got married a bit, not that much later. In my mind, I thought I was going to be married, you know, by like 20 or something when I was younger. And so I got married, I think I was 28. And so, you know, I thought about my wedding before. And then when me and John got engaged, it was so exciting to like dream up like, okay, you know, we're going to have everyone we've ever met. That was our thing. We're like, it's going to be so casual. We're going to have tacos. It's going to be like at a summer camp. But everyone like we invited like 350 people which is so crazy like I invited my entire department from work like people who I didn't even know that well were just like everyone's welcome so uh, which is hilarious thinking of you know the pandemic and what it turned out to be so not only were we planning this 300 person wedding on a shoestring budget then we also were renovating our first project together And we also got a puppy all at the same time, which was very exciting, all exciting things. But when you combine them, it's just, wow, like what's happening? What is going on with the world? And then when we first heard about the pandemic, um, I remember we were sitting in our renovation, like in the middle of it, there's this little bistro table we got from Goodwill and we were eating dinner and I was looking at my phone. I was like, this is crazy. They say the pandemic might last till June because it was probably March at that time. Oh my goodness. I was like, Thinking no back. way. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> and he's like, there's no way the pandemic can last until June. Like if, if the pandemic lasts till June, like the wedding is the least of our concerns. It's going to be anarchy. Like we still laugh that he says that. And so sure enough, the pandemic lasts till June and we canceled We like kept switching venues, downsizing. We went from 300 people to 50 people, but then that venue like couldn't even do it. And so then we downsized to 10 people. But then our town, we lived in North Carolina. They made this rule two weeks before our wedding that it said like anyone coming from out of town has to quarantine for two weeks before they can go out in public. And like all of that. Oh no. Oh no. That's right done it overnight or something like they made this rule it was so random we're like what do you mean this is this is a new rule that they made Mm -hmm. and so we were like okay maybe it's just time to you know elope or whatever but I was like I just have this feeling like I'm gonna make this happen and Charleston like we had been going down to Charleston a ton because John was living on a tiny sailboat for a season of his life so he'd go stay on that and we just loved Charleston. And I was like, I wonder if they would let us get married there. And so I Googled like weddings in Charleston in this like amazing venue that I had no idea that it was like one of the best venues. I just called them. I was like, do you have availability for a wedding in two weeks? And they're like, sure. (laughs) And they gave us like all these discounts, like crazy discounts. 
and we were able to have 75 people. It was out all outside. And so it was gorgeous in the end. It was so much fun. We, we loved every minute of it, but it was insane just trying to like throw everything together and switch everything over. We had to like start from scratch two weeks before or so. It was crazy, but. (laughs) Well, that is an epic pivot in your life. Absolutely for sure. And that's really getting started in your life, especially like you talked about having this idea of 350 people. And I can identify with that. I'm such an extrovert. And I, I love having, you know, you have your different pockets of groups of friends, you know, and over the years and just wanting to celebrate this special moment together. And it does not surprise me in the least hearing you say that originally that was the plan, because one of the things, the threat that I'm really seeing that you and John, that's so important to you is creating community. And I would love to talk about how the two of you have really used your gifts in creating. You were talking about even during all of that, you were working on a project. Was that your house that you were, you guys were working on? Was that the project? During COVID? Yes. The one that you were, yeah. Tell tell us about that first. Okay, perfect. So that was a fun project because I had been living with my girlfriends and that's actually a huge piece of kind of my inspiration for The Wanderer, which we'll talk about later. But I had been used to living communally, you know, like everybody's got their own room, but you all can come out and have like quesadillas and have a movie night and then go back into your own room. And I'd lived that way for my whole seven years or something, you know, different like friends in a house. I thought it was so much fun. And John had been kind of living a similar way. So we found this tiny, tiny house. It was probably like 700 square feet as it was for sale. And it was in horrible condition. It was like, there was the main house. And then the side of it, there was this like dirt floor, tin corrugated metal shack attached to the side. Oh, wow. So yeah, of course, John like peers through the metal of the corrugated side thing. And he's like, we should turn this into an apartment and live in this part. I'm like, really? (laughs) okay I don't see the vision but I trust you I like was still learning him at this point so I'm like okay maybe maybe that will be beautiful so what we ended up doing was turning the main part of the house into a a rental and my roommates who lived up the hill in our house they all came and lived on that side and then we transformed this little shack on the side which was 390 square feet it was very very tiny um into our little newlywed apartment and it was really fun. Like we loved tiny living and it was really fun to have my roommates on the other side and pop over. We'd like share brownies, like come over for, you know, bachelor night still. So it was really fun to, and also it was very simple living. You couldn't have too much stuff. It just made us feel very like focused on our relationship, our marriage, you know, first starting out and I don't know, friends and community. We still had bonfires in the back patio. So we still had our like gatherings and stuff. So yeah, it was a really fun time. I have to say the professional organizer in me is geeking out over the simplicity, which is so cool because you really did focus on what the two of you loved. And it has now turned into what seems to be a mission as far as I'm concerned, just looking at what you guys have done, which then came next. Was it the Wanderer, which we were talking about it being like a guest house slash maybe bed and breakfast. You're trying to figure out how to brand that appropriately. It's the coolest thing talking about communal living. And then also this laundromat, which it sounded like John had always had this dream of owning a laundromat. I'm so curious where that came from, by the way, shout out to John. Hey, John, we're yes. totally talking about you today. <laughs> He'll give this a lesson. He'll be so excited for his shout out. So. Um, which came next? Was it, was it the wanderer or was it the laundromat? Tell us about that. 
So it was The Wanderer and it was a little bit of a transitional time for us because it wasn't The Wanderer for the first year because we had decided we were going to leave Boone, North Carolina. We'd lived there for, I think I'd lived there for seven years. John had lived there for like 12 years or something. So we were, it was a small, small town. We loved it, but we wanted something bigger and we were just ready to start a new chapter of our lives, put down some roots. And so we're like, okay, we're, we're going to move. But we don't know. We think we want to move to Charleston, but there's no like open doors there yet. You know, I didn't have a job there yet. I had been working this long term job in North Carolina. John worked remote. So we're just kind of like in transition. And around that time, we'd been looking at multifamily properties. Like I'm addicted to Zillow and Redfin. And so like even in my downtime, I'm just like scrolling and multifamily is also very interesting to us because there's so many things you can do with it. And so I saw this listing for a multifamily house in Boone. It was a triplex. It was very cheap. And especially because we've been looking in Charleston and everything in Charleston was so expensive. And so we're like, this is actually a really good deal. Like the square footage was really good bang for the buck. And so we went and looked at it and it was three separate apartments. So the bottom two floors, there's a, I think a 12... I can't remember how how big they are. They're both two bedroom apartments below. And then the top is, it was a four bedroom and college students lived there and it was totally trashed. They all had dogs. There's dog poop all over the driveway. It was, they just didn't take care of the space. There was liquor bottles on the mantle as like their decorations. And it was just felt so dingy and gross and there was carpeting and just, it was nasty. And, but we saw the bones of the place were really good. And so we ended up buying it. It was it took a long time to finally get that done. But by the time we closed, we were actually living in an RV, which is a whole other side story. But we decided to get an RV and travel the country and work remote in this kind of transitional season before we moved somewhere. Um, And so we ended up closing. We were in Dallas, Texas, when we had to get the papers sent to us to sign for this triplex. And we just ran it as is as long-term for the first year. And it was fine. It made like decent money, but I was running the numbers for Airbnb because I've always wanted to be an Airbnb host because I stayed in so many Airbnbs in my traveling days. And I always thought it would be so fun to be on the hosting end. And it's really good investment too. So I was trying to sell him on it. And every room had a bathroom in the, in the bedroom. So John looked at that and said, what if we turned each of them into its own individual unit. And I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. And then we started really dreaming of the themes and things we could do with it because we've stayed in so many places like that. Like that's our preferred method of travel is these little nooks where you have your own space, but you can still meet other people. And so we just kind of ran with it from there. That is so cool. And I'm going to put your link to your, um, well, you've got a couple of different social media platforms. I'm going to put those links because you guys, you have to check out these awesome reels that they did that really show the behind the scenes of this. So clearly some of your gifting is that, that vision, that being able to look at a place that somebody else would be like, get me the heck out of here. Unless they're a young man with a dog (laughs) who likes to drink whiskey. Okay. And I'll tell you, I'm from, I'm a Tennessee girl. So as you were saying what this looked like, I was like, oh boy, did I go in some of those places? Uh, (laughs) Yes. In my college days. Um, But then after the college days, you're like, get me out of here. We got to elevate where we're staying (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure. So I love that you looked at this place, whether it was you or John or the both of you, and you really saw potential in it. That is certainly a gift that not everybody has. And you guys just said, let's make this 
a communal space, yes, but I noticed the attention to detail. So first of all, the fact that everybody got their own bathroom, that's huge. But am I mistaken? Did I see that you guys so brilliantly have a lock with like a keypad or something that's on every, is that on every bathroom? No, it's on every, so every bedroom has, so if you walk in, like the suite doors are all shut and locked and they have the names on the doors. And so the key codes and keys are to the bedrooms, but the bedrooms are, the bathroom is in the suite. So it's like a hotel room. Like you walk in and you have your room and then your bathroom attached. So you never have to worry about other people in the bathroom. Cause that's my pet peeve. Like I will never share a bathroom. <laughs> I will do collaborative spaces, but I need a bathroom. <laughs> yes. That's so brilliant. And that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, that is so smart. Cause if you think about yeah. it, you may have people who are staying in. Okay. Wait, I'm going to try to wow you with what I remember. It was the, the Rose room. That one's beautiful. The Sage Suite. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm blanking because I just put myself on the spot. There's two more and they're so I'm impressed already. Oh, thank you. Lavender Loft and Sandalwood Suite. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I knew there was another suite. I can remember Sandalwood Suite and then the Lavender Loft. They're so cool. They each have their own sort of vibe and personality. You guys, the cool factor, I have to tell you, I, you whether you're going to go stay with them or not, which you totally should. And I feel like we should plan a vacay over there, but you've got to see how absolutely smartly they laid this out. And that made so much sense to me when I saw that keypad, because I thought that's really smart. If they have someone who's already in and staying in one of their rooms, that way, just preparing ahead making sure that you're hot. Do you guys have like a cleaning service that goes in and cleans as people leave and then they get that prepped and then they'll just lock it on their way out and then it's ready for the next person. Is that how that works? Exactly. Yeah. We, we have a cleaner. I have a list of cleaners because at the beginning it was very overwhelming because we, we launched in leaf season in Boone and leaf season, just like people go wild just to come look at the leaves. So we got a ton of bookings right away and I just didn't know how it was all going to run. Um, And so I had a bunch of different cleaners who like a lot of them were friends who so graciously said, yeah, I'd love to make a little side money and love to help you out. And so that was a lot of rotation of cleaners. We'd get bookings and it's crazy. People would book overnight. You know, you wake up and you had a booking of somebody checking in in the night when you're asleep. So then you have to make sure, okay, there's a new cleaning. We have to get a cleaner there. And then there's another check-in. So you have to be very locked into the details to make sure um, cause we're also on booking.com and that's a whole other di- system of notifications. So, but I found an amazing cleaner actually, <laughs> I guess I can say this on the podcast. It doesn't matter, but John, this is how John, like he's the best in these situations. Cause he thinks outside the box. Cause I was really needing cleaners and there's an Airbnb next door to us. And John knew that it was an Airbnb. So he's like, let's just go knock on the door and just see if the cleaner's there. And I was like, this is kind of crazy, but yes, let's do it. I'm into it. And so we knocked on the door and she was there and he's like, we have an Airbnb. Do you want to like come work for us too? And she did. And it's been amazing. She is, she's there almost every single day. She's very attentive to details and she knows our system. She knows all the suites, all the little, because we were so crazy about all these little touches. And, you know, we had this letter that we put at the end of the bed and we fold things this way, but she learned all of that. And so she's amazing. We could not do it without her. I can't remember what your question was. No, this is so good. And also I love that you're like, I'm going to share this. I'm glad that you said that because can I also tell you, I love, I'm here for thinking outside the box. And I think that was genius on John's part. I also have to say working now with some of my new clients, 
it is so interesting to me how some of them really feel like they need to be doing everything. And the fact that you guys have now put these things in place, these systems in place, you you have your specific setup for how this runs. You guys have done such a great job at these details where you can now step back. And so like a lot of my clients, whether it's the mom clients that I'm organizing for or the new clients that I'm working with now as a mompreneur strategist, where we're talking about using those gifts and finding a way to share them with the world. It is so interesting how some of them really struggle with finding people to do the things that maybe don't light them up or they don't really have time for, but they keep feeling like they have to, and they feel guilty if they get a housekeeper or, you know, if they're getting somebody else to do some things running behind the scenes. But here's the thing. When you're thinking about your giftings and what you're great at, that's where you need to be. And if you could bring someone in to use their gifts, I mean, the way that you just your face lit up when you were talking about this person who can come in and she learned all these different specific details and she's able to help you guys put those very special touches on these rooms. She is getting blessed too. Not only is she getting to make some money out of that, which yay, makes the world go round, but let's just say it, but also she's getting to use her giftings and she's really great at that to be able to serve you guys to then where you guys have this bigger vision to serve other people, give them these amazing experiences. I'm a big, big proponent of not just buying more and more stuff, but spending your money and your time on creating new memories and experiences. I know that's important to me as a mom with little kids, you know, or I don't want to be spending all my time cleaning up after everybody. We want to be out living life and doing fun things. And you're giving that to the people who are staying with you. So I love that so much. That's such a cool way that you've created community in that sense. And also given someone else an opportunity to shine her amazing light and bless others. And now I would love if we can pivot, of course, I had to use that word and talk about the laundromat, which is that was a massive project. And I was actually seeing one of the reels that you did recently, where you talked about one of the hardest parts when you were, it was almost like you could see that you were in the home stretch, but you guys were really spending a ton of time. I thought laundromat, first of all, tell me about this. Here he goes thinking outside the box again, John came up with this idea to do this laundromat. I'm curious if you were immediately on board because you, like you mentioned that part about you were kind of learning him. So were you like, okay, this is the guy with the vision. Like I can trust that it's going to be great. Or were you like, you are crazy. Can we just be a married couple and travel the world in our RV? Where did you stand on that? Well, I'm all for a project, but the laundromat really threw me off at the beginning because I had always been thinking about everything in terms of hospitality, community, you know, what we had been doing or, you know, what do you call it? Residential properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So already a laundromat in itself, I was a little confused by because we had never really, like, I just didn't know about laundromats. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. We were both novices to the laundromat world. Um, and then when we saw this laundromat, when we went to tour it, I was like, oh, there's no way, you know, this is, in, this is the worst shape laundromat I've ever seen. It was in such bad condition. And it just was not, it was not something you would walk out being like, let's buy this place. Um, So I definitely was like, okay, we're on the same page here. Like we're not getting this laundromat, but he was very, very excited about it. And like, I'm always on board, like I'm always down to do whatever. Like I trust John's judgment basically. Cause he 
if things go, and I also trust the Lord to work out the details. If it's not supposed to happen, that he's going to shut it down. So I'm like, okay, like God and John, take this where you will. <laughs> we'll see. It's and- like G- Jesus and John take the wheel. And I, <laughs> and I'm just here to be supportive and yes. I'll use my giftings and make it beautiful when that time comes. But exactly. yeah, I love it. Jesus and John, yeah. do your thing. <laughs> yes, that's like my new life motto. There you go. <laughs> Hey, quick reminder, you can now get my book in four different ways. Head over to Amazon and search up I've Got You, Girlfriend. The subtitle is Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. You can find it there on e-reader. That's through the Kindle app, paperback, hardcover, and the audiobook. So if you're enjoying this podcast, I have a feeling you may love the audiobook. Again, it's called I've Got You, Girlfriend, Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. Thanks so much for making it a bestseller and back to the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely just kind of, and we were also, I, I can't remember, I think we had, we hadn't even renovated the Wanderer yet. So we had been running them as long-term we knew that was coming and then we bought the laundromat and I was like why this seems like the worst timing possible like I don't know why we're doing this but we sat on it for a while we did our or the wanderer the wanderer and laundromat they sound the same we did the wanderer renovation and we just let the laundromat run too because we wanted to come in and see the community like we didn't want to come in and change everything right away we want to see how it ran and observe and kind of make our plan and so then that's when I started getting excited about making it better because there was so much potential. And if I started looking at things like there's this huge window in the front that wasn't being used, you know, there's dumpsters and vending machines in front of it. And I started, it it was in such bad shape that I hadn't even been able to visualize it at the beginning. And then when I started thinking, okay, if we can just get rid of all this stuff and start fresh, I can see it coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the first things that I do as an organizer when we go in is we establish what needs to be purged at first. Before we go in and start organizing and putting finishing touches, you have to do that first step of a good purge. And girlfriend, I saw those photos that you posted. (laughs) I like to think that I think outside of the box and I'm a visionary, but I will tell you, girl, I sided with you. I was like, John, what in the world? But What (laughs) what are we doing? But I will say that there is something so freeing. You guys, I would think that you guys probably felt like you lost weight after you just took a ton of that junk out of there. Um, I noticed that you were pulling drawers and cabinets open and it was just years and years of stuff that people had put in those areas that nobody, because that wasn't somebody's home. They were there temporarily to go in, do their laundry and then get out. So no one was invested so much in that space to take the time to do that purge. And really you guys had to go in with a labor of love and intention in knowing that this wasn't just going to be a place where people could come wash their clothes, which is super helpful. And you're answering prayers, I think to a lot of people there, Like you guys blew this out of the water. You made it so incredibly beautiful. It appeared that you did it in separate stages and that, which is probably why it took a while. And I had no idea you were simultaneously doing the wanderer. I totally thought that too. Like, where were we doing? Okay. Yeah, we were. (laughs) I mean, you you were just totally immersed in renovation at that time. It sounds like in different areas. But also I would love, so I'm curious because the organizer in me is just dying to know, like, 
the the details of like picking the paint color and the layout and the setup and what was important to you. But so you have to tell me about that. But also I'm curious, how important was it to you? How much was it at the forefront that the people who had run that laundromat before and were doing those things, how important was it to you to keep them there and allow them to sort of go along with you on this ride and, and make that such a community experience? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was our definitely our top priority. We did not want to come into this community that we literally just arrived in. You know, we were the new business owners, but we were the new kids on the block. You know, we didn't want to come in and be like, all right, we're doing things our way because that would never work. So Steve, the attendant, and he also runs a wash and fold business out of the laundromat. He's been there for 10 years, I think 10 or 11 years. And he's there every single day. And he is like a community staple. Whenever we're there, people come in and talk to him. They're like, Steve, you'll never guess what happened. And they'll be like, what? You're kidding. And he'll like comfort people and like Um, anyone who's coming in to ask a question, he's right there right away. So he is definitely, and people, even when we were closed and doing the renovations, people would be like knocking on the, we had paper on the windows and doors. Like, where's Steve? We're like, he's here, but we're closed. Come back in a month. So. Oh my gosh. Um, He's like, he's like the residential therapist. Yes. Yes, he is. And it's cool because the, there's a church across the street. And so he is associated with the church. So we, there's almost this like small partnership between the church and the laundromat because Steve was over there. And then we also got to know a lot of the people across the street at the church and somebody from the church painted too, which was really, really cool. And he's amazing painter, very detailed. So it was really cool to be able to meet people from the community. And cause we got, you know, a quote from a painter from a painting company or like, this just doesn't feel right. This guy is not from the neighborhood coming in. And um, when there's people locally who can do it even better. And so that was fun. And the more people we got to know and kind of collaborated with, the more we're like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing community. And, you know, like Leroy, the painter, his nephew would come over and help and we'd get to know him. And then his wife would, I'd be up trying to do the stencil on the roof and she'd be like, looks so good, but scooch it over, you know, it's a little crooked or whatever. And um, spending a lot of time in a community that's not our own and just falling in love with like a different, it's like our second home kind of in North Charleston now in this little street. So we definitely were like, this is the number one priority. We don't want to like, we don't want to change things and make things our own when it's literally not for us. We are just trying to make it better for the people that already come there. They walk there. There's a huge community of people that that's been their laundromat for a decade. So we are actually more than a decade. I think it's been open for 40 years. So we definitely wanted to be part of the roots of the place. We wanted to keep the same name. We just wanted to freshen it up and then like step back and like let it continue. That is so amazing. I love the, it It feels like you and John just really came from a place of service. And I think that when we are using the gifts that God has given us to be able to put them forward in an act of service, that's when we're going to see the exponential blessings. I think there are ways that we can do that on the home front and serve our families and even just serve our partners, but also to be able to take that to the community. It just feels like the blessings keep growing and growing when you're coming from a place of service. So I think that's a really admirable place to come from. Uh, I'm going to sound like an old lady mom when I say this right now, or your grandma, but like, I'm so proud of you because oh, thank you <laughs> for you two to be such a young couple. And this is really 
I would imagine that the two of you have had experience in refreshing things and working on things with your hands a lot in the past as well to be able to get to this place. But really this being a new business venture for you and doing it as a new married couple, it's really admirable. I I think it's fantastic. And I'm so proud of you. you. Um, So, all right, let's get to some of the cute finishes. You guys, I, I can't stress enough. You have to go in and look at the before and afters. I mean, Really, I am absolutely certain that John did such incredible, amazing work, but I really feel like a lot of the beautiful pieces, Aaron, I I just, I, I really think that you probably had a lot to do with that. Is that true? Some of the aesthetic stuff, how did you pick that stuff? And also I noticed a couple of things like the, um, even when you were talking about the wife who was helping you with the logo, it looked like maybe you guys had ordered one thing and you had a plan and then you had to pivot because it wasn't quite working. So tell us about how you pick some of the finishes and then also when it didn't work, what you felt like was kind of that key to making it work. Totally. Yes. I. So me and John and our projects have figured out our kind of our lanes and our strengths. Um, and I've definitely acted as the designer. So I pick all the, you know, the colors and the, and it's still collaborative. You know, I'll be like, help me with these paint swatches. I can't decide or, you know, and cause he has a really good eye for design too, but I definitely take the lead on it. But if, if I, I can ask his opinion and he, I can trust that if he likes it, it's like, okay, good. Um, so my whole process, I researched a lot of other laundromats from around the world. I Googled like the best, the coolest laundromats. And I took inspiration from a lot of places, laundromats from other places that are way more beautiful than us laundromats for some reason. (laughs) Let's bring that trend here. And then I just kind of put together a mood board and, researched a ton of furniture and we were on a budget too. So I would find an example of something that I really loved that had a higher price tag and then find a cheaper version, Mm -hmm. which always works really well, actually. And it went really well. I think there's always an aspect of surprise when you're doing something like this, because I would um, like my paint swatch, I thought was going to be way more muted. I thought I picked the most muted green of all my paint swatches. And when it went on, it was a lot brighter than I thought, but we're like, let's go with it. It's fine. And it does kind of bring some fun and vibrancy to the space. So we're fine with it. Um, and then the cat, we ordered some different counter stools that were very ugly. <laughs> so I had to send those back and replace them with some other ones. But overall, it went pretty smoothly, except for the exterior stencil part that you're referencing. Um, because I just, <laughs> I had no idea how to go about this. I had mocked up this Canva logo. And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just order, you know, stencils from the internet. How hard can it be? And they're all these sticky sticker stencils. And it's such a long story. I'll try to condense it down. But basically they had sent me these stencils, but they're all different. They weren't the same border around them. They're all different sizes. So you had to like either tried to trim them so that they're the exact same size, but then you could, it was such a nightmare to try and space them. And then when you did space them, you peel away the back, it falls apart right away. So it was just a nightmare. And we spent hours on this and we had Leroy up on the ladder and I, it was, it was a nightmare. It was so bad. And I was freaking out. Cause I'm like, this is not going to work. What are we going to do? There's no, I have no idea. Like our opening days in a week, I we have to have a logo on the building and it got to the point where John was like, let's just hand paint the letters. I'm like, no, we can't hand paint the letters. This is that we have to do something. And I'd ordered that second stencil for behind the front desk originally. And we just said, let's 
take it and see if it fits in the middle. And it did. And we're like, okay, we're doing it. So, and we were like, this, this works. I've had a lot of people say like, I'm a designer. This is, it's not big enough letters. And I get that, but we'll have, you know, SEO and Google my business and people know the laundromat. They've been in the neighborhood forever. So we're just hoping they find it and maybe down the line we'll change it, but it works for now. And it's that, I mean, it's beautiful. I love how you guys did it over on the side too. That was so smart because you didn't want to just have it in the front, but you want to make sure that if somebody's walking beside it, they're going to see it as well. That was so genius. Well, let's talk about that for a second because clearly especially if you're a business owner, whether you're doing something in your house and you're you're planning something or you're doing something outside of that, there are going to be hiccups. Things are always going to come up and we get to choose when we're in the midst of that pivot. Are we going to freak out and break down and give up? Or are we still maybe a little bit freak out? I'm going to still probably freak out, right? Because I, I see you nodding because we have this vision and we we have this expectation and we want it to be beautiful. We want it to go well, but I mean, what do you think is some advice that you would give for maybe still feeling those feelings, but then pushing through? How do you feel like you are able to push through when things don't work out? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say it's hard to stop yourself from feeling bummed. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I think it was a full day that I just felt really sad about the stencils. And I knew in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't going to affect the business. It was going to be fine, but it was just this expectation of it looking one way and then not turning out that way. Um, and I think it's just, I think stepping back and looking at the the grand scheme of things overall. And I think the stencils is such a small example, but I think when it comes to life in general and pivoting and feeling like things aren't going the way that you expected and just trusting that it will work out later and that like God is working, you know, in the background and that there's, it's going to be fine. And I think even like I was in the corporate world for seven or eight years before I quit to do what we're doing full time. And I think that in itself was really, really scary and hard and, and coming off of this exact formula of what I knew life looked like. And and then being in this weird space of what, there's no formula to my day, you know, and just feeling that, that this is a pivot. I know it's supposed to be good, but I feel like the sadness and weirdness and I guess allowing yourself to be there, but knowing like feeling sad, but knowing that there is a plan, like things are working, like God's doing things behind the scenes so that you're going to keep walking through that sadness. It's just like walking through the woods. You just got to get through it. And then there's going to be a clearing and it's going to be fine. Oh, that is, oh man, that's like mic drop moment. Honestly, (laughs) I so relate to those feelings. Even when I, it's just like you said, it's like the logo on the outside of the building seems so silly, but, and so small. When I was starting this new podcast, I really struggled. I got hit with COVID. And so my, um, just me feeling good. And like, like my voice went down, I couldn't record the episodes that I wanted to at the time. Then when I came back on, I was trying to record the intro and the outro. And I just sound like I had a frog in my throat. It was so bad. And then, uh, when the artwork came up, I was so frustrated because I had this vision in my mind. I was like, Oh, I want it to be like this cool lightning bolt in the back. Cause I just was associating like when we pivot, it's like a bolt of lightning and it's like, yeah, and be strong and let's pivot strongly and confidently. I mean, you should have seen the first 
draft of some of the, not because my um, person was not absolutely amazing who was doing it, but she was trying to give me what I was saying was my vision. No, it had to change. And I just had that moment. And she talked to me, she was like, step back for a second. Let's look at the grand scheme of things. You are a planner. You have plenty of time. You can wait to record until you get your voice back. You can, we can redo. This is our first draft, our first attempt at the artwork. Go away. I love how you talked about the mood board. Go away. Find some things you do like, find some inspiration. Let's go in a different way. I even, I remember that getting the feedback from a couple of friends, but also some professionals that were in the business as well. And them just kind of shooting down in, in the nicest way possible, but shooting down some of my first plans. And I was like, you know, why am I trying to do this? This is not my strong suit. I need to lean into some of these other people that are more experienced. So I just get that on so many levels. I think that's really great advice to take that step back and trust that the overall point is going to be met. You've got a God who has a plan that is way bigger than us leaning in, feeling the feelings and then pushing through. So I really love that. That's something that I experienced when launching podcasts and something that you're experiencing when creating this incredible thing that's going to serve the community. So I think that's so fantastic. Honestly, I'm feeling like I want you guys to come back because I have a feeling in the future, you're just going to keep creating all of these amazing things. And we got to have John on at some point. Oh yeah. Too, right? He would be an amazing guest. He's very funny. And like, he, he'll be cracking the joke. So he would be an amazing guest and he would love to come on. <laughs> I love that. John, this is your invitation. Let's talk brother. Let's talk. Um, you're, you are a light Erin. Thank you so much for being here. I I'm so glad that you didn't write me off immediately when I slid into your DMs and <laughs> never, never. I was so excited. Um, I have a feeling that I'm going to keep up with you guys and we're going to be friends for life. I just love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. It's so inspirational. Thank you so, so much. And if you guys want to check out some of these amazing projects that have given more to the community and have allowed these two awesome people to use their God-given gifts to serve the community, you've got to check it out. I'm going to post their information in the show notes. Uh, And you really got to look at some of those very fun before and after reels. They are mega inspiring. So Erin, thank you so, so much for being here. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you too. Uh, You guys go check out the show notes and I hope you'll be inspired and also follow up with Erin and tell her what amazing things that you think that she's doing and give her some encouragement because, oh my gosh, this entrepreneurial life can be a little tricky sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. If it was helpful for you, I'd love for you to head over to Apple Podcast, hit that fifth star and write a review. Want to book me to speak at your next event or work with me one-on-one to get clarity around your gifts, how to serve others, and go from stuck and stressed to focused and fulfilled? Reach out on the contact page at everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on social at everythingwithstylemom. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. And mom boss, remember this. Your gifts are meant to be shared. Don't keep them to yourself and stay in your comfort zone. This is your time to pivot.